Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. And men, as always, I want to begin by thanking you for checking out today's show. When you get the opportunity, make sure you visit thepursuitofmanliness.com. You can find this podcast episode, the whole catalog of previous podcast episodes. You can check out Gear Store, sign up for the email newsletter, and more. I want to get right into this today. This is one of my favorite portions of Scripture. I know if you listen to this podcast, I say that all the time. Well, it is. Numbers chapter 6. That also reminds me that this podcast is sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork. Darkwaterkc.com. You can click the link in the show notes. Wherever you're listening to this at, click the link in the show notes and you can uh, go right to darkwaterkc.com. Uh, Doug Cole is offering 15% off of your Out in the Garage beard bundle if you use the code this week, NUMBERS6. NUMBERS is in all capital letters, then the number 6. You put that in, you'll save 15% off of your Out in the Garage beard bundle order. Uh, you'll get an excellent beard product. I've said before, I'm a beard oil guy. I'm not much of a beard balm, but I know a lot of guys are beard balm guys. You get both. You can use one, use them both, give one away. doesn't matter. Uh, you help Darkwater KC. It also lets uh, Doug know you listen to the show. I always appreciate that. We're going we're gonna to get into this. We've been walking through the Bible. Last time we talked about the beginning of Numbers, we talked about camping and counting. Camping and counting. And isn't it interesting to me? It's interesting to me. I just asked myself that question. That was really a strange way of putting it. Isn't it interesting? I know it is to me that when you read certain portions of scripture, it can take you to a, a place. It could take you to a place. I, I can remember certain portions of scripture when I'm reading them, where I was at, when someone had communicated it or someone had read it, or maybe I read it, um, and it just kind of takes me to that place. Now, while I'm reading it, there's always something that the Holy Spirit is, is teaching me and, and growing me in because I am a, I'm a difficult individual. However, it just sort of takes you back to that place. And when I read number six, and this is why this stood out to me as I was going through, okay, what's the next conversation we need to have? I, I, immediately, this jumps out to me. Number six, 24 to 27. Perhaps uh, this verse is already familiar to you. When I said it, you already know I'm going to talk about. Uh, I, I mentioned on, what was it, the last Quiet Life podcast about going uh, to Salem and um, just talking to those guys for a couple days. Well, the first time I heard this verse over and over and over, it was for the, from the worship pastor at Salem when I served there. This is how he would conclude the service. As you know, you're dismissed, people begin to gather the things. He would always say this as they're beginning to leave. And and I, I hope it meant, or I assume he still does, I hope it means something to them. And it was just, again, this kind of Aaron's blessing over the people. God speaking to Moses, Moses speaking to Aaron, Aaron and his son, saying, hey, this is something you need to pray over the people. And to me, this is this is timeless. There's there's this When you look at the Bible, you think, well, when did these blessings end? So much of Scripture talks about future generations. Well, guy, that's that's us. We're future generations. Or statutes or, or instructions that will go on forever. That's us. We're still there. And the people coming behind us, that's them too. And we need to light a fire under ourselves and say, hey, let's get moving on this. But to me, when I hear the song of this, this is now a song, and maybe you've heard it, 
I'll always go back to, I believe it was May or June. I think it was June, maybe first of June, June of 2020. We had, we thought we were coming out of uh, some COVID restrictions. And I understand every state, every country for that matter, had them radically different. Um, From a, a church perspective, it was so exhausting. It was so tiring. All the conversations, who was mad, who was upset, who didn't like this, who thought we were being reckless, who thought we were playing it too safe. And then every Friday, we had we have a wonderful governor here, at least I think so. And he was very good with you know not preventing us from meeting as a church, but there were restrictions. So every Friday after his press conference, we'd kind of peruse the downloadable PDF to figure out what can we do and what's the spacing and what's the numbers. And oh, man. So we started doing outdoor service. It was incredible, but I think it was one of the first weeks of the outdoor service. I remember parking my car, and during that week, I had been in the backyard searching for Celtic worship, not the band. I didn't know the band existed, just Celtic worship in general on Spotify or somewhere, and the band Celtic worship came up as the first hit, and I thought, I didn't know there was a band or a group called Celtic Worship. So uh, I began to follow them on social media and play their music. And they play a lot of traditional uh, songs, uh, hymns, but they do it in this Celtic Gaelic way. It's it's phenomenal. If you haven't checked them out, you, sh- you should do it. They're really, really good. And if you know one of them, let them know. I'm trying to get them on the show. But um, that week, whatever week that was in June, they were releasing uh, this song. I think it's called The Blessing. If it's not, I apologize, but I think it's called The Blessing. And so on their Facebook, you know, they're five hours ahead of us. And I I pulled into the parking lot and the worship team and people were kind of, you know, milling around, getting the stuff together. And I just sat there on my phone waiting for their uh, premiere video of this, whatever this was going to look like. I, I had no clue, but I wanted to hear it. And it was one of those videos, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, during COVID where people would do kind of this, this not mashup, but this creative editing job of all these zoom videos or however they did it. And they put them all together and it would be like one box and two boxes and a hundred boxes and all these people sing at the same time. That's, that's what they were doing. And it starts out in Gaelic. And I thought I got the wrong edition. I I, I got the wrong song here. This, this isn't going to work for me. And then they get into the, the English portion of it. It is a phenomenal song. Like Top 10 all-time for me, best songs. When you hear it, you think, yeah, other people have done it. There's a lot of great, talented artists out there have done it. Our worship team does it. Nobody does it like Celtic worship. I'm telling you, go after you're done with this podcast, check them out. Um, and so when you look at this blessing here, when you look at this blessing of what Aaron was supposed to pray over the people, um, it is it is a big picture blessing, Okay. Often, we, I think a little too narrow, a little too narrow in my thinking. This is big picture. This is a multi-generational mindset blessing that Aaron is praying. Do you pray a multi-generational prayer? Like, I pray for my wife. I pray for my kids. I pray for myself. Do you pray for your future son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws? Some of you already got them. Do you pray for your son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws? Do you pray for their parents? Do you pray for your future son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, brothers and sisters? Do you pray for them? That that is beginning to think bigger, bigger beyond you. And then you think about your children. Okay, so I pray for my grandchildren. And I'm going to pray for them and you know, I don't know what the world's going to be like when they get here and hopefully it's better, 
right? You say, oh, it's just going to keep getting worse. Well, then what are we doing? If it's just going to keep getting worse, then you and I should probably just go find a hammock somewhere up in the mountains and just, you know, enjoy our day drinking ale eight, eating beef jerkies and telling stories of old. I think we have a purpose. I think we have something to do. So I hope it's a little bit better. I, I hope we're seeing a revival happen amongst men and families. I hope. And so when they're here, my, my grandkids, then they got a spouse and they got kids. I usually stop around the grandkids-ish somewhere in there, if I'm honest. Some of you are much better at this than I am. I say this because I think there's some that probably are not considering this. And so when you look at this prayer, I'm going to read it right here. Verse 24. I'm going to start at 23. Forgive me. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Who, who doesn't want that? Who, who doesn't want that? Now, for the guy who will say, Jarrett, that was a blessing specifically for those people at that time. Yes and no. Yes, that was a sp specific prayer for those people at that place in that time. But would you not agree all these things described in here are all these things that describe the nature and character of God? The nature and character of God hasn't changed. While the makeup of the nation of Israel, especially here in Numbers, has dramatically changed, the character of God has not. And so when he says, the Lord bless you and keep you, you know, desire for for humans a, a want we say it all comes down to a want to everything begins there everything begins with that we want god to bless us and he, god is looking for people who will be a blessing to other people okay so i'm going to ask god to bless me bless my home bless my family show me your favor show me your goodness right 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 but why is he doing that hopefully so to be a, a conduit to be to out be out that should outpour from my life i've said before you fill up your thermos every day so you can empty it nobody goes to the coffee pot fills up their thermos and leaves it full all day long what a waste you consume it you fill it up to consume it i'm going to fill up my spiritual thermos every day so that other people can can get some of the blessings of that we also understand blessings come from god any genuine real blessing comes from God. Without his blessing, nothing is going to be what it should be. People say, oh, that was such a blessing. Was it? Sometimes, sometimes not, right? And we got to remember that when we're seeking God's blessing, we're seeking his favor, it is beyond what you and I can comprehend. So there are times that we may look at what is uh, a blessing and say, oh, that's what it is. And God says, no, it's, it's different than that. Or we'll look at what we think we want. We'll look at the grocery shopping list and say, this is what we want. And God will say, no, this, this is what you need. And so it's, it's like giving a gift to like a teenager or, or a child and saying, here's something you need. That's not very fun, but this is what you need. And once you realize that you needed it, well, now, now it's, it's way better, right? God always has in mind our greatest and, and, and highest good. That doesn't mean we're always going to be just living this spoiled, you know, blessed, whatever life. We're not going to pursue comfort and ease, right? But God has our greatest good in mind, even if we don't. 
Even if we're so short-sighted, and this is why I say we got to pray multi-generational prayers that get beyond me, get beyond my shoes, my car, and I'm using those as illustrations of just my little world, that get beyond even my house, right? I don't want to settle for a pursuit of happiness or comfort or whatever. I want to pursue a life that has been blessed by God. And you look and say, do you not see God's hand over all this. The Lord bless you and keep you. What does it mean he's going to keep you? He, he, he keeps us from sometimes wrecking our own lives. Sometimes he keeps us from making things idols. I was telling uh, some international men and tribe today in this video I was sharing with them that you know I had a very selfish moment incredibly selfish moment where the Holy Spirit was convicting me to do something. And I didn't want to do it. And I said, if you think that's bad, you should have known me pre-Jesus. This, this is nothing, right? He keeps you sometimes from yourself. Sometimes he keeps you from becoming bitter, or as Hebrews talks about, a root of bitterness that will affect many people. Sometimes he keeps you from sabotaging relationships that you need. Sometimes he keeps you from relationships that you don't need. Sometimes he keeps you from situations that you don't need to be a part of. If you've journeyed at all with the Lord, you're able to look back and see some times where you say, praise the Lord, he kept me from that, or he kept me out of that, or away from that. He goes on to say, the Lord make his face shine upon you. We can't even fathom that, right? When Moses met with the Lord and Moses came down the hill, people were like, your face is too bright. There's too much of you. There's too, it's too overwhelming. They made him put a, a veil on, right? I mean, how much more when you get to stand in the presence of God, when Jesus is interceding on, on your behalf and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. Can you imagine the glory and trying to, trying to take that in, right? Understanding that when God's face shine upon you, that he is the source. He is what recharges our batteries. He is what gives us that focus and refocus. He is our true north. You set that compass north, and once you get it set north, you say, that that's north. Everything else is, I can navigate anything else now. Why? Because I know where north is. And when you live a life that you know that God's face is shining upon you. I'm thinking about, uh, was it uh, Zephaniah 3.17, right? But when you think about like his face shining upon you and being gracious to you, when? Always. Now, I'll, I will do some things or I will pursue some things to kind of recharge my batteries, go off the grid, you know, throw the phone in the ocean, uh, you know, keep electronics turned off, keep the television turned off, you know, I'll go walk, uh, whatever, however many miles I'll go to the beach. I will go to the mountains. We'll do, I, I will do things to try to hit reset on, on myself to kind of, okay, we, we just needed, you know, you need to get your mind right. There's nothing that's going to get your mind right. than understand that God's face is shining upon you and he is being gracious to you, showing you mercy. You know, one of the great challenges I think in churches is just trying to get people to care. Just trying to get people to, to care. Care about their church, care about ministry, care about the kingdom of heaven, care about their own salvation. Because I think a lot of people just figure like, figure like, I'm good. I'm good. 
just to demonstrate genuine care, to see someone who genuinely cares for someone else is so rare. It is so rare to see somebody who has a genuine concern and care. They're almost like a Mother Teresa figure, like, oh, God bless them. They're so nice because so many other people are so self-centered and so selfish, and uh, they don't care. God is the ultimate example of care. And then it says, he want, we're asking verse 26, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Almost as if like a priest or a pastor or whatever would, would look out and, and bless people, right? Like I talked about that worship pastor, like praying that blessing over people as they're gathering their keys and their bulletins. And I don't know how many people realize what he's doing, but that's what he's doing. That God would direct his eyes, his focus towards them. Not, not that God isn't already there and give you peace. The Hebrew word there is shalom. The, the end of angst. The end of aggression. The end of frustration. Being whole. Having satisfaction in, in your life. I was talking to someone yesterday. He's a really, really good man. And he was saying, my kids got like two weeks of summer left. And I'm trying to squeeze this, this, that, and the other in. And I said, all right, you know, like I was thinking this, you know, I'm going to miss when my kids aren't home from school because I love it when they're out of school. I absolutely, it's, it's my favorite day, the day that they get out of school, whether it's for, for summer break, Christmas break, spring break, fall break. I don't care. I love it because it's like breathe, just breathe for a minute. I said, but one thing I'm not going to miss, dad guilt. Always feeling like I could have done more, be more, should have been there more, should have paid attention more, should have, and you always got things to do. Peace can often elude us. The only way we're really getting this peace is in Jesus. Jesus said the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I've come that they may have life, that they may have peace. They may have it more abundantly. He goes on to say, they shall put my name upon the people of Israel and I will bless them. Been reading, because I'm going to teach on it this weekend, reading about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And as he's washing their feet, you know, they don't understand what he's doing. <laughs> they were actually, if you look at the Gospels, they were actually in a position where they were arguing over who uh, was the greatest. Well, the greatest got up, put a towel around his waist and started washing your grimy feet. And Jesus tells them, you know, verse uh, John chapter 13, 13, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for so I am. If I then your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. I, I guarantee immediately right there, people, the disciples are like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. It's like, again, the Holy Spirit convicted me, and I just think, I don't really want to do that. Verse 15, I've given you an example so that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, there it is, double trulys. I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. We go, yeah, I get that. Verse 17, if you know these things. Now, do you know these things? I, yeah, I get it. I get, yeah, I do. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. <laughs> it's like the verse I shared this week, Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. Ezra set his heart, set his internal compass north to do what? To study the law of the Lord. Okay, I'm going to get in the Word every day. I'm going to do that. I'm going to read the Word. Great. And to do it, Jesus said, blessed are you if you do it. But I don't want to. It's hard. Yeah, that's the point of the application of what you're trying to do. 
and teach others to do the same thing. Blessed are you if you do these things. I want this blessing from God. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. Amen. Sign me up. God says, then just live out what you already know to be true. Do the Ezra 710. Get in the word. Read it. Wrestle through it. Talk to some other people about it. Live it out. And when you live it out, you have something that you can teach others with. Not to sit them all in folding chairs and say, now here, you're going to sit here as I teach from my lectern and tell you. No, you just teach. You just share it. It's part of who you are. It's part of your conversation. It's part of your rhythm of life that you look for opportunities to grow in your faith, to be connected to other people doing the same thing. You're in the word. You're gaining credibility as who you are as a follower of Christ. You're working throughout. You're working out your salvation with fear and trembling. You understand some things are easier than others. And your heart, most importantly, your heart, the internal compass is pointed north. When that happens, no question about this number 6, 24 to 26. Amen. Man, I appreciate you guys listening to this. Uh, It's a value to make sure we try to continue to stay anchored in the Word of God. We take a third. At this point, we take a third of of the podcast for the pursuit of manliness, and we dedicate it to walking through Scripture because, and I could talk to you all day long about four steps to this, five steps to this, and I think there's a place for that, but we have to do that. We have to learn how to live this out. There's too much on the line. There's too much on the line. I don't want you guys 10, 20, 30 years from now going, what was that thing I used to be a part of? Pursue us, pursue something. I don't know. And uh, we're no better than we were today. We don't, we don't want that. So I appreciate you listening. I appreciate when you guys share the show. I'll make another plug while I'm here. I appreciate you guys coming to the retreat, man. I cannot wait. I don't know how many days we got until it happens, but to me, it is a tremendous value. It is a tremendous opportunity. And it is a glimpse of what heaven's like. And I want to encourage you on Monday, you're going to hear from a handful of guys in tribe talking about 2022 and 2023 when it comes to retreat. So we only got 40-some spots left right now. So uh, secure your spot. Thanks for listening. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.